0: December 18, 2020. Elf on a telephone. Holiday sweaters. Financial fraud. More maple syrup, and, Advent. This, is, Awesome, Today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends.
1: Hello? Hello? It's Friday!
2: Friday. I love Friday. I love Friday. I, I love Friday. I, because this is weird. It's weird to admit this out loud. I think it's true for a lot of people. It's been true for me for a lot of days of my life. I feel less conflicted about screwing around on Friday than I do on Saturday. <laughs>
1: I actually really relate to that. I know what you're saying.
2: When I was, at least part of this was shaped by when I was coaching because. Yes, that's true. Friday was, we got, uh, when it was a home game, we got half the day off Friday mm. and you could do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. I was going to say
1: when you were coaching Friday, especially during in season was the closest that you had for like a minute to breathe. Mm-hmm. So I can see how that conditioned you over time. Yeah. Saturday was a huge work day. Sunday was a work day, like it was go go go. Yeah. But Friday, you had like a minute where you could put your feet up and eat a cookie.
2: Yeah, and and minimally, even if it was a road game, and you were going to be traveling. Yeah. Um, you still like I didn't all the a lot of the other guys got to take half the I never got to take half the day off on a road game, but it meant that when I was at the office going through final checklists of things that needed to travel and all of that, that nobody was there asking for stuff. Right. It was just me and me and mine, oh, no. what I gotta get done. You
1: and your packing list. Yes. Well, it's Friday. I like Friday because, of course, brand new episodes of Sorta Awesome. Our last episode, our last full episode of Sorta Awesome dropped today. For the year. For the year of calendar year 2020, the year of our Lord 2020.
2: I'm going to guess you didn't even bother to tell all the good people that they still have an awesome fix until the new year.
1: I tell them every single episode. Do you?
2: Absolutely. Do you? You're ashamed of me. I'm kind of like your step... I don't know... Something
1: I mention it in both the intro and the Step outro. Step of-
2: cousin twice removed. No,
1: that's gross. Stop it. We're not related in any way, everybody. That's
2: how you treat my show. I'm not saying we're an incestuous marriage.
1: A royal marriage. Excuse you. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I do mention it. Okay. Intro and outro of every episode. And, man, we did it. We made it through 2020,
2: at least for the show. Well, your show did. <laughs> Our joint effort over here is still an ongoing labor, and it's still a daily. We got to get through the, the advent.
1: <laughs> you're, you're telling me before we started recording that you're you're basically like, is eh, it Christmas yet? I'm you're all, like the yeah, kids. <laughs>
2: I'm all advented out. Like, come on! I already read that part. I understand. Just let me have presents.
1: But, but do you? <laughs> do you feel like you have, like you feel the incarnational weight? of the weight like weighing you down of waiting
2: it's definitely the uh this is the flavor of the penitence of the yes
1: exactly it's
2: the fatigue with the weight
1: yes that's it yeah so you're living it that means you won advent okay or you're winning it currently
2: there's that's interesting i never knew winning could feel so not good
1: All right, let's get into
2: it. Well, it's December 18th today, and it is answer the telephone like Buddy the Elf did. Mm-hmm. Buddy the Elf, of course, the character played by Will Ferrell in the 2003 movie Elf. Golly. To celebrate the holiday, all phone calls should be answered by saying...
1: Meg the Elf, what's your favorite color?
2: Perfect. Not even hello. Just, yeah. yep, throw them right off. I almost, because I... I do show notes and we record the day before the day. Um, I saw a call coming in on my mobile that I knew was a sales call. From I almost answered it that way because I was just in the middle of the notes.
1: I thought you were going to say you almost answered your call from your business partner that way. I know he called today,
2: too. I may just do that. I may save that, though, for some random, like, August day or something.
1: He will not know what to do with
2: that. He won't. I like to to (laughs) throw curveballs at him from time to time.
1: Okay, can I tell you something? Okay. This movie came out in
2: 2003. Mm -hmm. I don't
1: want you to have a stroke or anything, but that was... We're we're coming up on 20 years almost. Well, let's just stick
2: with 17 and that it's older than our oldest child. It's
1: older than our oldest child. I... I I saw a meme on uh the social needs earlier this week that said uh like basically PSA the year two thousand was twenty years ago, which is strange because nineteen eighty was also twenty years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> I keep thinking about that meme because truly, how could that the year two thousand how could that have been twenty years ago?
2: Yes. Yes, it's gone quite quickly.
1: Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm having a stroke myself. So I feel like I've go ahead outlived my own
2: life expectancy. Actually, you should take this one. This is a good one.
1: All right. Well, today, in addition to Answer the Telephone Like Buddy the Elf Day. See, I mean, that was like almost two decades ago. They've had time to establish a holiday around it. It's true. Well, it's also National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day. Every year, the third Friday of December, people throughout the country, throughout the land... Yes. ...set aside their normal garments and don a festive, ugly holiday sweater.
2: You this say holiday like one of the local furniture store advertisements. It's been
1: embedded in my brain. It's
2: deeply disturbing Inception. to
1: me. Uh, this holiday came out with, as a nod to grandmothers who are notorious for making or buying the worst sweaters ever and giving them to you for Christmas. Mm-hmm. It has been celebrated in pop culture at least as far back as the 1980s. Again, that was barely 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> Thanks to Clark Griswold and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Now, the 90s did see a lull in the popularity of the ugly sweater. I have a theory on this. That's because the 90s, they were doing their own thing, creating <laughs> ugly clothes.
2: Creating ugly clothes, yes. Yeah,
1: creating ugly yeah,
2: clothes. well, minimally not washing them.
1: And also, yeah, not washing them, wearing a lot of flannel.
2: Too big. You remember the pants that were I like... absolutely remember the pants. Two pair of pants in one?
1: Yes. But I would say that a lot of the sweaters I remember from the 90s were ugly enough to be their own... They could
2: create yeah. their own ugly sweater holiday. I remember as a, mm-hmm. as a youth taking a trip to burlington coat factory Mm -hmm. uh during the christmas well colder let's just call it cooler weather era i don't know if it was november december and purchasing a knit sweater that had random patches of pleather sewn onto it not like elbows not like i was a harvard professor or something no just like here's a here's a trapezoid of leather sewn onto one pack and then somewhere else and it was calico it was white, black, and, and tan. It was truly hideous. I
1: hate it, but I mean, that's what I mean to say, that the 90s, they were doing their own job. They yeah. were just like, let's generate a
2: bunch of ugly sweaters. Yeah, you're like, ugly? We got ugly.
1: Yep. I say that as a person who fully lived adolescence in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I lived that life, that ugly sweater life. In the early 2000s, however, two men from Vancouver threw the first official tacky holiday sweater party doing so to raise money for their friend's cancer treatment there are good people in this world there
2: are even if they are canadians
1: especially if they're canadians from this noble effort the popularity of such parties skyrocketed in 2013 uglychristmassweater.com was founded bringing even further momentum to mainstream popularity so go ahead while you're at it today put on your ugliest sweater even better if it's an ugly uh, Christmas sweater.
2: Yeah. Can, even if you're Jewish, you could wear an ugly Christmas sweater and be like, this is how much I disrespect Christmas.
1: Mm. So
2: you're included. There's mm-hmm. no exclusion here.
1: Most of my Jewish friends don't disrespect Christmas. They just, you know. But they could. Don't sell The women.
2: option's open.
1: Especially if you want to put on an ugly Christmas sweater. Right?
2: That's And that's honestly a case of reverse religiousism, because if one of us were to wear an anti-Hanukkah sweater, we'd... Basically, be canceled from all of society. Not that I ever would. It's, not that I want to. I'm just place. saying.
1: It's Don't do it.
2: It's a, it's a double standard.
1: <laughs> okay. It okay. is.
2: You can't. Don't mess with well, the Jews. Okay. You
1: have your own internal conflict going on. I do. On I have
2: the, the the heritage. Yes, I do.
1: Okay. Well, minimally, share a picture of one on your social media.
2: Yeah, because there's probably not going to be a lot of ugly Christmas sweater parties. So I know. Find a picture, post it hashtag it do the things and celebrate that way
1: make your own ugly christmas face mask
2: yeah well that too yeah good idea yeah i can you conjure an image of one that you would identify as ugly and hideous and uh, inappropriate in any way and how would you describe it
1: Mm. then it's of the christmas variety
2: holiday yeah
1: I feel like Walmart through the years has put out their fair share. And I feel like Walmart takes a what could be a reasonable sweater and they add something to it to make it super tacky. It's like they're compelled to do it. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm envisioning a red sweater that has... a
0: Christmas, Bad shade of red, too. Right? Oh,
1: the worst shade of red. And it has like Christmas, like a string of Christmas lights on it. And the lights light up. There's like, okay. there's yeah. like actual flashbacks. That's lights.
2: the thing. I particularly dislike the ones that have something three-dimensional sewn off of them like maybe poofy antlers that kind oh, of
1: come off or a nose
2: that protrudes I
1: hate it
2: but i have one worse slash better that i saw you know the the christmas christmas ornament balls that are of course the historic ornament right i saw i saw a sweater that had two of those on it and then in gorgeous calligraphy it said balls on it and i, I hate thought it. That's mine. If we have a party to go to after quarantine, I want that. Even if it's in the middle of the summer, I want that. Well, when you said
1: that, of course, it brought to mind the classic Saturday Night Live skit that's probably also like 20 years old, Uh, Shwetty Balls, Mm -hmm. Alec Baldwin.
2: That was masterful. Uh,
1: I'm going to say it was Alec Baldwin, Molly Shannon, and maybe Sherry O'Terry was the other. Or, Mm. Or Anna Gasteyer. Have been Anna I yesterday. think it may
2: have been Anna, but I could. It's yeah. been a while.
1: Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah,
2: that was. You should go check that out. That's solid.
1: That's still funny. It holds up over time. It really
2: does. That's true comedy yes, when, it, it is. when it lasts like that. Yes. Well, if it's your birthday today, you share it with Steven Spielberg. So literally, the options for celebration are just practically endless. You could just have a freaking Spielberg festivus. Right. Jaws, E. T. All the Indiana Jones movies, the Back to the Futures, the Jurassic Parks. Um, my word, if you want to get a little bit more severe about it, you've got Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really any way you want to go.
0: Schindler's
1: List. I was thinking that when you and I talked about this point in the notes earlier, but I didn't say it because I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer. But Yeah.
2: you ever watched it? No. Any of it? it
1: sounds terrible. I mean, not terrible. I mean... It's, I don't like to talk and think about the Holocaust. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, well, hey. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. I, I think I have seen cumulatively 20 minutes of it, maybe, and I, I couldn't. It's, it's rough stuff. I couldn't do it.
1: But uh, I'm sure powerfully made. Yes. Stone. Yeah. So. All right. Well, shall I take this one? Please do. In 1912, there was a discovery made. It was thought to be... The missing evolutionary link, the missing link, the the story, the mythical missing link between ape and man, the piltdown man Mm -hmm. discovered in Sussex, England, in England, of all places.
2: All places. It is, in fact, the... Cradle of society or something—the cradle that's of man. I don't know.
1: Literally not right. The Isle of
2: Man is over there in that region. Why couldn't <laughs> yes. it be the cradle of man?
1: The cradle of civilization, you may recall, is in uh, the yeah. is in Iraq. I believe. Well,
2: but they had to. They probably because they left. Made
1: they they left
2: England yeah. because that's where the weird hominoids and yes. they're like, God, we got to get away from these. <laughs> Literal Neanderthals. They are <laughs> literally Neanderthals.
1: <laughs> and also, it's cold and damp up here. You want know, right. anything drier? warmer? Yes. Where can we get to? Well, it was later confirmed, unfortunately, to be a fraud made up of skull parts from humans and an orangutan.
2: Aranguten. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the Germans would not pronounce it. Look,
1: this is a little bit of a diversion. Okay. I watched a TikTok today.
2: And they said Arne Guten? No,
1: they did not. I found myself on light conspiracy theory TikTok, where it's like people oh, that are no. just like lightly dabbling in conspiracy theories. This one was about the fact that there has never, to this day, been a complete skeleton, actual skeleton of a T-Rex put together, Tyrannosaurus Rex. You like how I said that in case
2: anyone was unclear with it? Right, is. yes, because we don't want to be confused <laughs> with the, the transcendental Rex. That's yeah. a different Rex altogether. <laughs>
1: So this guy, and, and apparently this is a sort of internet, you know, there's a subculture theory around this. The fact that an entire complete T-Rex skeleton has never been put together, they, they base the skeleton around the skull itself. He's like, it's it's actually not what we would consider to be a dinosaur T-Rex. It's a dragon. And then he goes on to theorize uh-huh. that dragons as flighted uh, what would you call that? Beans. Reptiles. Reptiles would have had hollow bones. Yes. The hollow bones would not have held up to this, the fossilization process.
2: Unless the... they landed in amber. That's But that'd true. take a huge, huge amount of tree sap. Yeah, a lot of tree sap.
1: <laughs> so anyway. A lot of sap. I keep going back and thinking about that. Yeah. Is What we think of as a T-Rex was that actually... Dragon dragon's gold? I want to it's believe. Possible.
2: I want it's to possible. believe. possible. I have had exposure over my four plus decades of life. Yes. To people that have looked at many historical texts and have come away saying, no, there actually were yes. dragons.
1: That was one of his points. Every single culture around the globe, every culture independent of each other, autonomously have stories of
2: dragons. Well, it's fitting to me that if there ever were a mother of dragons, in fact, it would be somewhere from Ireland or Scotland, because surely you would need fiery red hair for them to think you were mama. There we go.
1: That makes sense. I still want that mother of dragon sweatshirt. Well, t-shirt. get it. No, you get it. You've got,
0: that's my oh, Christmas gift, you gotta
2: do it. It's not gonna be a in time for Christmas. Woo Winning. <laughs> I am the worst. You either get it in November or in January. <laughs>
1: it's so true you are the absolute pinnacle person who cannot if you have a gift in hand it cannot wait
2: can't wait can't wait you're so excited i'll call you to the kitchen as i cut the box open come here you gotta see this so here's here's a story and this is not making fun of anybody by any means okay um it reminds me i coached with a guy Um, I coached with a lot of guys, actually. And predominantly, I don't think I coached with any gals. No, you did that. uh, But I coached with a specific guy. Um, He was a second generation. His dad had been an epic figure in coaching. And he told a story. I think it was while he was coaching at Michigan State. Um, They had a nose guard that had Tourette's.
0: Oh.
2: And nobody nobody faulted this guy sure. for the things that he struggled with, but I mean you you can't deny the humor sometimes just in life how things play out yes and and yeah you know, he he'd commented you know more than one occasion he'd go into a fit and they'd have to ask him to leave the meeting room because it wasn't going to stop yeah um, and they, he wasn't in trouble or no. they weren't punishing him I mean, it's just like hey you know you go on going out in the hall and finish up with, what you got to get done there and you, Yes. He <clears throat> does his thing, uh, but they said very fascinatingly because of the the disorder. One of the things about him is that he could not he could not be in the center of something physically. Oh, and so he couldn't stand in the doorway right to okay. a room. He had to either be in or out, and, yeah. and would get he'd get so agitated. And he was a big you know he's a hulk of a guy. Yeah, he'd get so agitated he'd he'd really disrupt humanity to force his way in so he wouldn't be stuck in that place that his mind wouldn't let him be. And likewise, uh there's uh there's a head up nose guard position where you'd line up perfectly centered on the offensive lineman who's snapping the ball, the mm-hmm. center. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do it. Yeah. They they he this guy I coached with even still had film of the guy trying he just couldn't do it. And mm-hmm. I mean even this guy laughed about it. Nobody's laughing at him. It's mm-hmm. just a it, fascinating thing and that's that's how i am with christmas i can't can't make <laughs> myself do i guess i have christmas Tourette's i don't know i can't do the gift on the day it's before after but never on
1: if our children open gifts on christmas day it is solely because i myself have picked them out you don't well, even
2: know what it is and and quite purposefully yes i have disinvolved myself roughly around the time of thanksgiving until yeah january i I don't even know what the kids are getting. I'm it's just a like, surprise to you, I be? can't
1: look. You do it. Last I can't year, stop. Last year, we deviated a little. We got the kids a Nintendo Switch. Yes. It arrived on like got, December 12th. Yeah, and
2: they, they got it on December 12th. <laughs> they were they were at school, and I literally installed it and played it for an hour to make sure it worked, <laughs> and then they came home to it.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hey, speaking of Christmas, Yeah. how
2: about this next
1: one? No, we skipped it with a Grinch. Um,
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You take that. Or do you want me to?
1: Well, I'll I'll go ahead and do it. In 1966, the popular Dr. Seuss book, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, is made into an animated television special and shown for the first time on television. It is, in fact, narrated by horror movie star Boris Karloff.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought for years it was Vincent Price who also, he did the voice
2: on, like, Thriller. Yeah, he was Voices, but Karloff was the actual Yeah. Actor, yes. yeah. Yes. So either, either one's perfect. Exactly. If so that's. Did they ever team up? If they ever teamed up, it'd be a major thing.
1: Battle of the Freaky Voices. Yeah. That was 1966. The twins love the story of the Grinch. They love the modern incarnations, the Jim Carrey version, the more recent yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch version. I think they love that Jim Carrey version the most. He
2: is a very evocative. Yes, especially for a child. Yes. He's basically a grown child. Yes, basically. So. Um. Okay, so 1987, and I'll mispronounce this guy's name. It's Ivan. It's either Boski or Boeski. Um, he's a he's an interesting dude. He's a bit of a poser. Okay, and I don't I don't think that's too hateful to say. He's sure. a bit of a poser. He married into a family of insane wealth. Okay, and it was with. The family money that he instituted, his participation in Wall Street. Okay. Was doing some merger and acquisition stuff, but oddly... Now, remember, this is the 80s. This is the late mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. He, he has this just odd ability that literally days before a major merger or acquisition goes through that he takes a very irresponsibly large position and is always on the right side of things. Aha.
1: Uh-huh, so maybe. you know what's happening, mm. right?
2: Um, he, he ends up being even the cover photo of a few magazines for what he's done, but he, he's plainly cheating the system, but so is everyone else back then. Sure. Insider trading, what I think was more common than not. Okay. Um, and it was known. It wasn't enforced well. But at some point, finally, the SEC was like, hey, I guess we got to actually start doing something mm-hmm. here. And so they'd gotten involved. But I don't really think they were interested in Ivan. Okay. Um, his his disguise, if you will, was so piss poor. It was, it was sad. It was embarrassing that that went on. And so they picked him up because it was easy. But they yeah. flipped him and ultimately used him uh, in cooperation to lead to the downfall of Michael Milken. Now, all of this may sound like gibberish, and if you have no interest in or fascination in what, the corruption that goes on within financial services, today, yesterday, uh, whenever, then skip ahead. But if that's something that you're interested in, both of those names, if you just look up Michael Milken, he's he's who they were ultimately after. Uh, when you, When you really begin to grasp what he pulled off, it's pretty astounding. In
1: my mind, I have lodged in my memory somewhere, and I could be totally wrong, because I don't know that much about financial services industry. But when I hear the name Michael Milken, I think of the junk bonds.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. That's exactly right. Junk bonds. Brain. Which is a, a really a sad name. They aren't junk. It's not like it's a fake security. They are... A bond is a loan. A bond is a loan to somebody. And so... Then just like if you are to be a borrower to buy something, you have a credit rating, right? Yeah. Well, the same thing applies at this bigger level. And so when corporations borrow, they have a credit rating assigned. And that's what assigns um, the class, the the rating of that debt. Mm-hmm. It could be, if it was pristine, it would be AAA. That's your super high credit score. Okay. If you go down to junk, that would be somebody, It's it's a little risky. To loan to them. Their, their business model, maybe. Uh, okay. their, their book value, their cash, sure. all, all the things that would relate. Okay. They're a little bit more concerning. Like a an upset could result in you not getting a payment.
1: Okay. That's
2: classified as junk, but it doesn't come without the reward. Yeah. Much higher interest payment on sure. that than you'd get on a guaranteed, seemingly guaranteed thing. Yeah. Um. And there's a huge, there always has been. Uh, junk bonds are very old. Yeah. Very old. It's not a new concept. But uh, that's all neither here nor there, or both here and there, one or the other. Milken was, he was the junk bond guru. Okay. Now he did a lot of shady stuff. But yeah, you may think all this sucks. So I'll just let you go look it up. He did some major things. He went to jail for a while, got out. You may not know any part of that about him, and only recognize some of the really, really pretty significant. Uh, um, what's the word? Not benefactor, but
1: beneficiary.
2: No, um, just just donations. Uh, uh, my language fails me. Go the, ahead. the the giving contribution. The giving. The developing. The 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 contributing to of things. The the giving side. Damn words. I don't know. He's done a lot. He's done a lot of good things to to push forward. He himself had a form of cancer. He contributed a crap ton of money towards advancement of research there and treatment of that. So he's done a lot of good things in the aftermath. And if I'm not mistaken, though Giuliani was one of who um, one of those who helped prosecute him, because again we're talking about the '80s. Yeah. Um, I think Giuliani was pretty vocal ultimately in what ended up. In a a form of a pardon, kind of, not really a pardon by exact legal language. They did not reinstate his securities license, but gave him finally the opportunity to retest for it. Okay. Um, But even that's, I I didn't read far enough to know how all that panned out. I know that came into question because it certainly seemed like for a lot of the years that he shouldn't have had anything to do with securities that may be in a... Third three degrees of Kevin Bacon influence that he was still working with some of the major Wall Street firms. and hey, when you're that sharp when you understand how things work, um, you bet I, I don't I don't fault him at all for that. Well, honestly, I don't fault him at all for doing everything that nobody was prosecuting.
1: okay, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, mixed reports come out on him. Some indicate that he pushed the boundaries way too far. Others, Other reports indicate he himself personally never did, but he did show other people how to. Okay. Well. So, that's a whole bunch, right? Uh, yeah. Go check it out if you need more info on him. Do you want this or do you want me to take this?
1: You'll go for it because we've okay. got Advent coming up around the corner. And
2: you're going to have to carry the load on that. <laughs> well, 2012. Yes, 2012. So yesterday, um, yesterday we talked about it being Maple Syrup Day. Mm-hmm. Well, 2012, today arrests are made in Quebec oh. for a multi-million-dollar maple syrup theft. Maple syrup theft. The Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. What? Yeah. How? Well, indeed, how it was a months-long. I think this this maybe is a difference. Perhaps between Canadian thieves versus uh-huh. U.S. thieves, they were patient.
1: They were patient.
2: They were patient. They were patient. That's it worked the, the biggest Over months, it ex- I, I'm, I think it surpassed a year, maybe came close to two years, even um, three thousand tons ultimately of maple syrup, as well as some some equipment and machinery and things Dead but the, just young. the maple syrup alone i believe was 18.7 million dollars canadian okay the thieves would take truckloads of, of barrels yes of, of maple syrup to a remote sugar shack and oh, the sugar shack okay. is a portion of the whole right maple syrup process yes they would empty the barrels of the syrup and then refill them with water
0: mm-hmm.
2: and put them back okay then they would... Uh, well, later... That's how they started. Later, they, they stopped bothering even with the refilling, and they just put empty barrels back. That's That was the downfall. Sure. Um, but the stolen syrup, then they would ship to either Vermont or New Brunswick, which is... In those places, it was sold to legitimate distributors who had no idea that it was... Well, let's be honest. They probably had some idea. It's like not... It, all of a sudden, there's a new maple syrup oligarch that never existed before right yeah they probably were like well hey it smells funny but it's not sticking to my shoe so i'm gonna keep right on going sure so this theft was discovered ultimately when an inspector went to climb a a stack of barrels that should have been full but they were empty and he nearly went ass over tea kettle on the whole thing uh, because the empty barrels shifted under just his own body weight yep and over the course of today and tomorrow, 17, I think, people were arrested, five ultimately convicted. Mm. You're right. This is so different from American heists. Yeah.
1: American heists are get in, get out. Get you in, know, get um, out.
2: Get, get your... Get your guy on the inside. Yeah. Get in, get out.
1: Also, you have to find someone to fence your things that you've stolen,
2: if it they're products, right? Right. Well, when you, when you steal too much at once, yeah. yeah, it's problematic. But when you're... They're just... These guys, they, they really
1: plotted it if
2: they hadn't got lazy with the water barrels they Honestly. at least made it a few more months right yeah exactly
1: it exactly. makes you
2: here's here's another question then because there is a uh, there's definitively a monopoly within dirty Canada of the maple syrup for the globe and like any other monopolistic thing you you can't push too much into the market at once right Or you you hurt yourself. Exactly. And so plainly, if they had this much surplus that they'd not yet even... It's not like you have to age maple syrup. Right. If they hadn't even yet gotten to the point of requiring anything from these barrels, it was literally just a guy that was climbing around to count things. Sure. How much... Maybe this is a whole diamond situation where there's just a whole lot that's kept and they monitor what's in circulation and right? parcel it out yeah Hell i think yeah. there's a far bigger conspiracy here i believe it all right well let's wow.
1: from conspiracy let's go to advent
2: it's no conspiracy but it is tedious i'm tired of waiting oh my goodness lord please forgive him he knows that no. he says.
1: i'm just teasing I'm he teasing. knows
2: that's why he structured it all this exactly way. to make us get antsy on the wait
1: I enjoyed teaching RCIA last night, talking about... What is RCIA? It is the Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults. Okay. It's the process that people who want to become Catholic go through can last anywhere from nine months to two years, honestly.
2: Where is it in the process that you sacrifice babies?
1: That doesn't happen. Are you sure? I'm
2: pretty sure. I've read on the interwebs that that's what happens. We
1: have a lot of babies. Nobody has had to be sacrificed. Okay. Um, But anyway. I
2: suppose that's good.
1: (laughs) I do love to talk about the church and her teachings. And here we find ourselves on the Friday of the third week of Advent. One week from today is Christmas Day. That will bring us to the close of Advent, but the beginning of the Christmas Season The 12 days of Christmas actually do not start until when? Christmas Day. That's right. And they last until Epiphany. And so uh, there's a Christmas octave tucked away in there. There's all kinds of liturgical goodness happening.
2: And a Boxing Day.
1: Boxing Day is there, too. The good thing... Is that Catholic? Nope. It's pretty much just British. So I would guess it's Anglican in origin. Well,
2: that's a shame because... Irish Catholics are who made boxing a thing, ultimately.
1: Mm, I don't think it's
2: that kind of boxing. I think it has to do with boxes. Boxing Day? Yeah. Oh no, Boxing Day has to do with boxing.
1: Well, here's what you need to know about Advent.
2: Pugilist fighting.
1: Nice. That's a good word. Good vocab.
2: Pugilism. Yes. Uh, we'll I'm... argue about this later. Let's go ahead and Advent. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. You know that I do that. It's true. <laughs> But I don't mind. I'm a bully. You're a big old Advent bully. I am.
1: You've got your purple vestments on, so you can bully me specifically at yes. Advent.
2: <laughs> I'll elbow past you into the receiving line.
1: This is the Friday of the third week of Advent. We are in Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Do you want, to read? You want me to read? I can. Who reads?
2: Read the. we have got more to say. Read so the read. I can read. Every. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say. And this has nothing to do with Advent. This just has to do with reading the scripture. Um, and most of what we would read from sacred scripture, of course, there's a flavor of Old English to the translation, right? And so every time it says, behold, I, I want to scream it like a real idiot. Behold! I just And I know that's probably not the best way to go. I have to fight it back every time.
1: We have a lector at our church who... Delights in oh. dramatic readings of yeah. the the scripture, and I feel like you're channeling his he, his enthusiasm. Right there's
2: now. no way I could. This dude brings. I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, me. yeah, Clearly you do. Right huh? He he brings a a theater to it. That theater. It, it yes. Makes Broadway blush.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: He's a he is a. He is a sweethearted yes. guy, I have no doubt. He's yes. also fully on the spectrum. Yes. And so you grant some additional grace. Yes. Because it gets it gets a little wild. It's enjoyable though. He doesn't he's not allowed to read for the Sunday Mass because it's a little too powerful. <laughs> But for a daily mass, if you're willing to go, it's worth the trip. It is. If you're, if you ever find yourself in Oklahoma City, you reach out to us. We'll put you in we touch. We
1: will put you in touch. You may or
2: may not get to experiencing that day, but at least you got a chance. So, but that's yes. I would behold. I want to. I want to do that. It's not actually how I. It's intended. I don't think.
1: All right.
2: Well, behold, the days of the Lord are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up a righteous shoot of David. That was righteous,
0: mm-hmm.
2: righteous shoot of David. To David. Um, As king, he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judas shall be saved. Not Judas. I said Judas shall.
1: Okay.
2: Maybe I'm slurry because A little i I got the SHs. I don't know what's wrong with me. Okay. Behold, S-H. Um, yeah. He shall do what is right. Hold on. I'll I'll just back up just a little. As king, he shall... And that's part of the problem. We've got shalls in here. Yeah. And then I get in the sh language patterns. As king, he shall reign and govern wisely. He shall do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah shall be saved. Israel shall dwell in security. This is the name they give him, the Lord our justice. Therefore, the days will come, says the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but rather, as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of the house of Israel up from the land of the north and from all the lands to which I banished them. They shall again live on in their own land.
1: Thank you. So, a lot of
2: shs in there. There
1: was a lot there. So, the prophet Jeremiah here is speaking to a time um, again. You know, the Old Testament is really deeply rooted in and concerned with God's justice, Mm -hmm. bearing in mind that the Israelites were a singular people of the whole globe. Amongst many, many, many other people, groups, and cultures, and theology systems, they alone were worshiping the one true God. And so you have to know that they were, in a sense, uh, probably, they wanted to see that truth that they had known. Well, they wanted to see justice. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the Old Testament prophecy prophecy, has to do with justice. But what I wanted
2: to point out is... So do we. Yes. Today. Yeah. Dang it. Yeah. I mean, it's not nearly as often as we'd like to pretend it is in this. Right. Semi-settled. Oh, aren't we, aren't we civilized society? Right. Yes. But we do go all the way back to Michael Milken for crying out loud.
1: The human heart longs for justice. And that's reflected a lot of the Old Testament prophecies. But so we see, you know, you, you talk about this a lot. And it's so important to remember the scripture is one long sentence. It's a story of God's plan of salvation for his people from beginning to end. So here we see a a pretty remarkable transition because this is the the people of Israel saying, as the Lord lives, they're not going to say this anymore. They're not going to be talking about being, um, hang on just a second, the children of Israel brought up out of the land of Egypt. No, right. as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of the house of Israel up from the land of the north and from all the lands to which I banished them, they shall again live on
2: their own land. This so, is... so you know, walk through, walk through history, there was the freeing from slavery to Egypt, yes. which they were led out of, yeah. right? Spent time in the wilderness, went to the promised land. And they would have probably assumed by prophecy that it was very probable that King David was in fact the Messiah. Yeah. He wasn't. Right. Prophecy. Yeah. All things pointing towards that. But it was some of that was current day as well. Yeah. And then after after the the Davidic dynasty had had ceased to exist there was a period where the Jews were then scattered yeah. across. And this is what it's talking to it's talking to bringing them back from right. the scattering and restoring them.
1: Exactly. Yes, bringing them in from the scattering at the hands of the Babylonians. And this also, in a sense, looks ahead to the scattering, the Jewish diaspora that happens after Christ comes uh diaspora i believe is the better pronunciation of that word um and that the people the jewish people are scattered they're scattered to the far regions of europe they're scattered to central europe they're scattered to the south
2: california running the movie industry
1: oh my god that was a little
2: later Shit. it was a little later a little later it wasn't meant as an insult okay. it's actually a compliment <laughs> everywhere they go they run things
1: that's true but there's this idea that the Jewish people, the Israelites that they want to come back to and congregate in their own land, the land Mm -hmm. that was promised Mm -hmm. to them. And again, this all reflects the Advent theme of Christ as the Messiah coming in, restoring to rightness, what has been wronged. The Israelites would not have scattered of their own free will, right? Only under persecution do they scatter. And so this idea of, Christ coming and bringing to right, bringing to restoration, and at the same time, both that and looking ahead, we know to the spreading ultimately of the gospel. Yes, which you know, the Jewish people wanted to sort of congregate. The Israelites wanted to congregate in the Promised Land and live there and dwell they're, they're there. They're
2: very, unless I'm wrong, correct me. They're a very family oriented yes, people. Yes, of
1: course, community oriented. Mm-hmm. The spreading of the gospel, however, does fling at them and then their descendants and then Christianity out into all of the earth. And so, you know, there's kind of this like sort of juxtaposition of coming in and being gathered with the community and also going out into the broader world. Yes. Well, this Responsorial Psalm is from
2: Psalm 72, again, dealing with some justice issues. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor, the lives of the poor he shall save. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous deeds." and blessed forever be his glorious name. May the whole earth be filled with his glory.
1: And I think that the response in a very subtle way reminds us that God has always been a God who's interested in the marginalized and the afflicted. And again, especially if you think about this in juxtaposition to the other cultures of the time, if you look at Greek theology, Roman theology, any other theological system, the God's favor, those who are prosperous, who are wealthy, who are privileged in a sense on their own. And then we have the God of Israel, who again, we would say is the one true God who looks beyond those things, looks beyond what is considered to be successful and says, I will come for you. I will rescue you. I will save you. I will bring you up. I will this elevate is, you.
2: This is the the 99% is being included. Yes. Included with a T? That's I don't a, feel like that's it's accurate. Fine. It's fine. Included, <laughs> maybe with a D.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and not to crap on the one percent, just the reality that within that realm, when you don't, when you live in a fashion that doesn't require dependence, it's much more difficult Mm -hmm. to find your way into that right relationship. Exactly, exactly.
1: Well, the gospel takes us to St. Matthew. This is chapter one. This is Matthew's version of the birth of Jesus, a little different from the St. Luke telling of it, which we are mostly familiar with, but... Here's the Matthew version.
2: This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, because betrothal was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. She was found with child through through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, Decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, behold, right? Because mm-hmm. how can you not say that? Yes. Um, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home. For it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She'll bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus.
1: So track with me here if you if you don't mind. Okay. The earlier readings are really, uh, they draw themes of justice. Mm-hmm. Joseph, St. Joseph, as we may call him, would have been justified. There would have been in justice law. in the law of him turning Mary away.
2: Even, seeking, even having her killed.
1: Even having her killed. Exactly. That would have been considered justice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: However, this is one of those bridge moments that we see as we move from the law into the new covenant. Not that the law is done away, but the law becomes fulfilled in Christ the person. And so we have this idea that from the beginning, God is beginning to reveal to his people a new idea of justice. And in this moment, he sends his angel to Joseph so that in a dream he can understand, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to do that. It's like everything in our culture and everything I've been taught and learned says I can do this about this Mary situation, that God is doing a new thing. This is the beginning of the new covenant in a sense because whereas before mary would have been held accountable and again even her life could have been ended legally under the law Mm -hmm. god is doing a new thing it's a new um path to justice and it comes through the person of christ
2: now there's a literal beyond boatload multiple like perhaps a fleet load of stuff theologically around this do you want to Do you want to go there or just rest where we're at? I think let's rest where we are. Okay. Very well. I will try to not say it then. You try to say it until
1: Christmas morning?
2: No. It's (laughs) no longer as impactful then. Uh, Maybe January.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, So that's Advent. That's Advent. Okay. Yes.
2: Well, then let's move on. To wrap this whole mess up with Whirl, watch, read, listen, life, style. You have a whole bunch of watches for us. Tell us there about There are it. a lot of watches. You could, if you're interested in The Maple Syrup Heist, there is a, an episode called The Maple Syrup Heist, which is from Season 1, Episode 5 of the Netflix documentary series, Dirty Money. There you go. So you got that. You got any movie by Spielberg. Sure. Go watch him. You've got How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Christmas classic. And then I have continued, as we mentioned, I think yesterday, to watch Mindhunter. It's not Christmassy. Don't do it's it. It's not Christmassy if you are sensitive. And I don't mean that judgmentally no. or negatively. I will raise my hand and say I'm
1: so sensitive that when you watch Mindhunter, I have to put my earbud in yeah. so I can listen you to some ASMR. i got to go night-night.
2: It's not like the whole thing is rough, but there's... There's portions that are a little a little viscerally real, I'm sure aggravated a little bit by the artisticness of Hollywood but maybe not so far beyond the reality of what they were there are some there are some things that are a little challenging to stomach mm-hmm. so if you're sensitive do not watch this but if you kind of like a little grit mm-hmm. or you know somebody who does, it's a, it's a pretty solidly written and acted... Yeah. ...little series.
1: Well, I haven't thought of a single read, listen, or lifestyle. So.
2: Well, yeah. We have no... It's been a busy time. It's um, been a busy time. I will share a lifestyle okay. because this is... It's not necessarily style, but it's a it's life. Um, I think we even we alluded to this, and Beyond Illusion even maybe spoke directly to it yesterday... So the ice storm that hit here, we had an original crew that came in and took down all the stuff that was damaged. But we knew we needed a secondary crew at some point to come in and just provide some general maintenance to the remaining trees. And that's been going on for the last handful of days. Mm-hmm. Um, what what in life goes smoothly
1: well, disappointingly to me, nothing. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it, it can be smooth if you can take the right yes approach. Yeah, um, I'll just share. I don't. I don't think this will ever get us in trouble. I'll just share a perspective. So, definitely, what's left to be done is not within the realm of my expertise, and so we hired a crew to come do that. And in the process, somehow, some way, at least the allegation is that they damaged a neighbor's property. I actually got online, looked up several things, not just from Reddit or whatever, but from actual... It's fascinating how many uh, law firms will post a lot of articles, a Mm -hmm. lot of legal guidance on their site geared Mm -hmm. towards what they deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I landed. That's where I try to land when I'm looking for anything as it relates to the law because, in fact, they're lawyers, right? Right.
1: They went to school, they got their degree. They
2: got the degree, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And fascinatingly, if you have a tree on your property that falls on someone else's, that's not your fault. In Oklahoma? No, I think no. This
1: varies from state
2: to state. they don't think so. Mild, very mild. You'd be surprised how mild the variance is from state to state. Um, in some states, if there is documentation ahead of time that the tree is risky, Yeah. You could be at fault. You could be at fault, but that's not true for all states. Okay. For some states, it just simply doesn't matter. Your tree falls on their house. It's their homeowner's policy that covers it, not yours. When it comes to trimming trees, if you yourself make the endeavor and you damage them, them being your neighbor, then you carry some of the burden there. Uh, But if you've hired someone, you are truly... And this, as far as I can tell, is true of all states. You are no longer part of that circle of justice. So you've hired someone, they damage a neighbor's property. It's between the neighbor and the contractor. And should the contractor not be able to handle that for whatever reason, it's solely on the neighbor and their homeowner's policy, whatever. They can work out there, but you are not at fault. And we've had one of these incidences that were incidences, is that right? Yeah in indices, I don't know we've had a we've had a a flavor of this going on and have done our best to just stay outside you you deal with that guy you guy you deal with that guy. We don't no nope, you guys handle it. It's not our problem,
1: yeah,
2: and that's the law. so that's something just to nestle in your mind because we all have weird things that come along.
1: That's right. We've learned a lot,
2: yeah. Now, lifestyle gifts, bad gifts predominantly. I've got three for you. You found a
1: bunch of bad gifts. I've got
2: three for you. Yeah. Um, Again, none of these are our story, though they easily could be. (laughs) Number one, my parents got me a computer mouse. I don't have a computer, but I have been asking for one for about the last two years.
1: That's so...
2: I don't know if the parents were being mean or if they really were like, Hey, kid, we got the mouse. I feel like it was probably an ignorant mistake. Yeah. Just like number two, my parents got me a video game that I really wanted, but not the gaming console to play it on. Mm -mm, Because mm -mm. who understands the technology of the generation below them? We try to. We try to, but I don't know that we do. Okay. My favorite of the three. Bad gift. NASCAR earrings that my dad won from the claw machine. That sounds awful. That feels like a lot of folks I grew up around. Oh, yes. I
1: feel like you've been to a claw machine or two that had NASCAR earrings as the prize.
2: Our second daughter loves the claw machine. She
1: loves the claw. She,
2: She would love the nascar earrings but only if she won them not me she has some very bizarre earrings so i think she'd like to add
1: those probably to her she also has
2: some very different than me perspectives of what's enjoyable like that's the funny. claw machine
1: that's true
2: i recognize it as the scam that it is she would gladly pump hundreds of dollars into one <laughs> okay. to win a 50 cent prize exactly yeah it's true all right is that everything for today i think we got it all okay well with the greatest of sincerity I do truly hope, and even admonish you, to have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye.
0: Crime is more difficult than most imagine, but I still think it is doable. If you have a good idea, reach out to Sorta Awesome Media. We'll examine your idea and determine if it is actionable. Our rates are fair. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the
1: proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead
0: of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing, so we made ByHeart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,